All right. Good morning. And welcome to Christian Church of Vincent Park. It's great to have you today as we complete our series on uh, on the book of Proverbs today. We've been in all summer long, and hopefully uh, you've gained some good things in the midst of that as we've gone through uh, this summer, gaining some wisdom and putting that into your heart, your secret heart, as we go there. So uh, I'm just going to give us a little review since this is a final sermon in the series is kind of wrap up of where we've gone so far this summer. Uh, at the very beginning of the series, uh, we discussed the fourfold purpose of Proverbs that the Proverbs itself tells us there in the very beginning. It says the fourfold purpose is to help us grow in wisdom, to help us grow in insight, to help us grow in character, and to help us live better lives. And of course, all four of those things are, are something I think we would all want to have. And so that's the intent that God gave to us for Proverbs. So hopefully as you begin to apply these, this book into your life, you begin to see that. You're growing in insight and wisdom and character and your lives are improving. A- and then we talked about the three benefits of wisdom that Proverbs tells us. It says this is why wisdom is so good. If we're going to grow in wisdom, what does it do for us? Well, wisdom helps us to lead better lives and a, better and a, and a longer life, but also it brings peace and it also generates prosperity. And so uh, wisdom is worth the cost. It's worth going after. And so then we looked at what were the traits of wisdom. Uh, uh, Caleb Ross came and gave us a good uh, uh, sermon on that. Wow, my slides are off a little bit. But it's uh, five traits of wisdom. The first one is faith, that we get to see that uh, faith is something that uh, uh, is a, is a uh, show of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, right? <laughs> so uh, we can't really have wisdom unless we start with faith. We also have knowledge, and uh, one of the traits of, of wisdom is to continue to grow in knowledge and, and how we see the world and understanding of things. Another trait of wisdom is humility. It's hard to find a prideful person and say that they are wise, right? So humility, not having a bad understanding of ourselves, but a right understanding of how we fit into life. Also honor and righteous living. And then the applications of wisdom, of how we put wisdom into practice in our life. The first one is uh, virtue. And uh, we covered these the last month, really, the last one per week. And these are the four areas that we find in the book of Proverbs that it really hones in on. So this is how you can apply uh, wisdom into our lives. And the first one, of course, is that moral and sexual purity. How do we apply virtue into our lives? From And so uh, important way that we apply that. Another one is finance. How do we apply wisdom and finance and how it deals with wealth and, and generosity? Uh, a couple weeks ago, Caleb gave another great message, how we apply wisdom to our language with our, with our words. And last week, we talked about how do we apply wisdom at work, a very practical area. Since, and it's not just our employment, but in all of the things that we do that are work. And that has to do with our ethic, work ethic, and our productivity. And so this is kind of where we've come all through. Uh, that's kind of the summary of the book of Proverbs and what it gives to us. And today we get to bring all that together, kind of full circle, on the 31st chapter as we get to see what wisdom looks like then applied. But before we do, of course, we want to remind ourselves of one last time of our memory verse. This is the key to wisdom. So if you have not had a chance to memorize this yet, uh, please do. Uh, it's, it's an important passage. And so... Uh, Here we go. Say it along with me. Three, two, one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. Very good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, my slides are a little off today. I apologize. But um, what we're going to do is uh, let's just get into the message. So let's go to Proverbs 31. If you have your Bible, let's turn it there. 
Proverbs 31. That's going to be the last chapter in the book of Proverbs. And this is an interesting epilogue to a book on wisdom. There's a reason that Proverbs 31 is Proverbs 31 and not Proverbs 28. It, there's, it's at the end. It kind of summarizes things and wraps it all up. Now, a lot of folks, and, I, and me included, when I first became a Christian, I first started reading Proverbs. When I got to Proverbs 31, I thought it was just a description of the perfect life, right? And, and, th- and on the surface, it, that is true. I mean, it's there. There's this perfect woman that's, that's there. But there's something more to that. There's a reason that this is Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is a summary. It, it is a, it's bringing the whole book together. It's an illustration for people like you and me to see what wisdom looks like when it's fully applied. In fact, Proverbs doesn't just have the Proverbs 31 woman. It has three very important women in it. The first one that we find in Proverbs is the woman that was known as Folly. And she is a very powerful woman, and she will wreck your life. And if you bring folly home with you, bad things happen. That's what we see throughout the book of Proverbs. Folly is not a great companion. And and then we have the second woman, which is wisdom. And wisdom is a fantastic companion and teaches us how to do all these wonderful things. But if you are like me, sometimes it's, 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 it's easy to have the head knowledge of, okay, this is what wisdom is and this is what wisdom does. But I have a hard time visualizing, what does wisdom look like? What would wisdom look like if she really came home and, and, and abided in my life? What would that look like? And so God in his wisdom gave us an illustration at the very end of Proverbs. And he shows us what wisdom looks like in the lives of just ordinary people when it is applied. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you have them with Proverbs 31. We're going to start in verse 10. I'm also going to have it on the screen, and we're going to read from verse 10 to the very end. And this is what it says. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat amongst the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, as he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Isn't that a beautiful passage? In this passage, we get to see what wisdom looks like. It's applied in just the lives of normal people. And I love how the writer of this applies it to a very common person. This is a life of an ancient housewife. An ancient housewife who's just a common person. She's not a queen. She's not somebody of, of just inherent, just a lot of status or anything else. Just a normal person going about their life, doing their things. And you can see how wisdom elevates the life of this woman. And it can do the same for us. So what makes this ordinary woman so extraordinary? Well, the first thing that we see that she does is that she embraces wisdom. Right? She, she takes wisdom, and she doesn't just say, it's out there. I get that wisdom's out there. She really says, I want to be wise. She makes effort for wisdom. Remember the five traits of wisdom? Right? When we, we, we covered that a few weeks ago. The first one is faith. Right? Do you see faith in this woman? Yeah, and she says at the very beginning, like everything she does, she's doing it because of her faith. She has knowledge. She's growing in her ability. She has humility and honor and righteous living. Let's just look in the passage. You can see this. Proverbs uh, 31, verse 30, it says this. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This woman is characterized by her fear of the Lord. She starts with faith. She finishes with faith. Her life is faith applied. And we see that that. Wisdom has those two components. We talked about way early on. The first one is, is that we have to have uh, the knowledge of the Lord, right? We want to be able to, to love God, the fear of the Lord. We have to start there. The trust that God really exists, that he really did make this world, that, that we live within it, and that our lives go better when we start to align ourselves with the way of the creator's design. She starts there. But the second part is that competence, that, that growing in knowledge, that the ability to do what is right. She has both. In verse 26, It says, she speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. This is a woman that has knowledge and is growing in knowledge. She's growing in competence. People listen to her because, and she has influence because she knows what she's talking about. And the fruit of her life demonstrates that. And even though she continues to fill her head with wisdom, she doesn't get a big head. Right? She has humility. Verse 12, it says, Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Do you think that her life is all about her? In this entire passage, we don't see this woman making anything all about her. She's doing her job, she's doing her task, and others, other people are blessed. Instead of pride, she chooses humility. She chooses to make her life a blessing to others. And because of that, it's not surprising that we find that she lives an honorable life. Honor is part of of how she lives. We see here in verse 31, it says, Honor her then for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. We honor honorable people. And we see that her life, she chooses to do what is good, the honorable thing, consistently, regularly. Wonderful application of, of Scripture, of wisdom. And because she has honor, it's no surprise that, well, that her life is, demonstrates righteousness. In here, we see this woman applies, she embraces wisdom, doesn't she? She embraces all the traits of wisdom we see here exemplified. And if an ancient housewife can embrace wisdom, can we? Can it make a difference for us as well? 
But you know, she does more than just embrace wisdom. She puts it to practice. She applies it into her life, right? You remember the four applications of wisdom we went through the last month? I hope so, because we took an entire month on this, right? Talking about how wisdom applies, right, to our sexual lives and to our moral lives through virtue, how it applies to our finances and our wealth and generosity, how it applies to our language, right, how it applies to our work. Every one of those areas you'll see that she's applied wisdom to in this passage, in her life, and it makes a difference, right? Verses uh, uh, 10 and 11, it says, A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than Rusby's, and her husband has full confidence in her. He lacks nothing. She's a virtuous woman, a wife of noble character. This husband doesn't have to worry, is his wife going to go and cheat on him? This, wife, this husband doesn't have to worry, is, is his wife morally pure? Is she going uh, to go and, and rip people off? Is she going to uh, you know, get involved in some kind of shady deals? No, he doesn't. Full confidence. He's like, I don't have to worry about my wife. She's a, she's a woman of high virtue, high moral character. And because of that, he has full confidence. They don't lack anything. She, has, she is faithful to her husband. She is faithful to her family. She is faithful to her community. Because she is faithful to her God. And because of that, she is a blessing to each one and is blessed by each one. She doesn't just have virtue, but also look how she deals with things in her finance, how she's a good steward of her money, right? She generates her her wealth through hard work, doesn't she? And we see that all the way through. She gets up early and all these kinds of things. And she's got great work ethic, and she's also a good investor. In fact, verse 16 says she considers a field and buys it. And out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Now, that might blow your mind for some people. We have conceptions of of what ancient housewives were able to do. Wisdom allows this woman to do a lot of great things. She is a very successful businesswoman. She is wise with her finances. She manages her money well. I think that's a pretty powerful thing. And because of that, there's blessing for her and her family. In verse 20, it doesn't, she just doesn't bring money in, but she also uses it for the way that God wants it to be used. She doesn't just generate wealth, but she generates and demonstrates generosity. In fact, it says her arms are open to the poor and her hands extends her hands to the needy. She is actively generous. She doesn't wait for the poor and the needy to show up to her, to convince her to help. She opens her arms, she extends her hands and says, I am going to help. She looks for the need and uses the abilities that God has blessed her with, the wealth she has, to be a blessing to her community. Isn't that an awesome thing? Wisdom applied. And, and she's not just good with money, she, right? And it's hard to be good with money if you don't have any. The reason that she has wealth, not only because she's good with it, but because she's, she applies wisdom in her work. In, in verse 17, it says, She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. I love that word, vigorous, right? She doesn't just kind of get there on Monday morning, punch in, I got to do what I got to do, right? I mean, there are days when you just don't want to go, but you go. Just like it tells us in the New Testament that if we're going to work, work like we're working for Jesus, because we are. Every day, everything that we do, is an act of sacrifice, an act of, of, of demonstration of our worship to God, centering our lives on Him. If He's given you energy, use it and do what we do to the very best of our abilities. That's what she has, vigorous. No halfway, no good enough. There is no good enough. There is our very best. That's what we need to offer, and that's what she does, vigorous. 
She has an amazing work ethic. Because of that, we can see that as she applies that into her life, she's, she's mastered some of those things that people with good work ethics do. The first one is she has good time and task management. Right? It says when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Right? She knows that, hey, it's summer now, but winter's on its way. There are tasks to be done, and there's a timeline. There, there are deadlines, and she doesn't wait to the first snowfall to have that deadline to be like, oh, no, how am I going to make sure that my people are warm? When it's early on, she's like, all right, I'll make sure that, that I get this task done and make sure that everybody has their, their scarlet coat, right? And so they're ready for when it snows. She understands. She's good with her time. She's good with her task. She's faithful. And she doesn't just apply wisdom then to her work, but also even to how she lives her life to her words. In verse 26, it says, she speaks with wisdom. And faithful instruction is on her tongue. Notice that she isn't given to lying or to gossip or to idle talk. Uh, she speaks and knows her words have value. She doesn't cheapen them by using too many. Right? She knows what to say, but not only what to say. She knows when to say it and who to say it to and how to say it. That's pretty powerful. And then for, as a result, people listen to her instruction. They gain something of value. This Proverbs 31 woman embraces and applies wisdom in all areas of her life. And Scripture invites us to do the same as well. But she doesn't just embrace and apply wisdom. We get to see the best part is that then she also enjoys wisdom's reward. She's got a good life, doesn't she? I mean, doesn't this sound like a good life? And remember the three benefits of wisdom that we started way back at the beginning? And it talked about that, that with the scripture says, these are the benefits you're going to see if you apply wisdom. You're going to have life, you're going to have peace, and you're going to have prosperity. I want you to notice how she enjoys each one, very specifically, even in this passage. The first one is life, right? In, in here it says uh, that one of the benefits of wisdom truly is life, and that includes health, but it also can be wealth and family, good family, good relationships, and living life with purpose. I mean, this whole chapter, this whole chapter, it's all about how she's experiencing all of those things, living a, not just a long life, but an abundant life, a full life. And she doesn't just have life, but she also has great peace. Verse 28 says this, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and praises her. She has peace within her home. Now, that's a pretty awesome thing. But not just peace within her home. She has peace within her community. The whole city calls her blessed. That's not bad. And beyond that, she has peace within her heart because she has peace in her conscience. And she has peace with God. This is a woman that is at peace with herself and the world that she lives within because she lives with wisdom. And also, she has prosperity. To prosper is to succeed in abundance. That's what it means. Wisdom is the path to, to true abundant success. Right? That if we want to become successful in life, apply wisdom. Verse 31, it says this about her. It says, honor her for that all their hands have done. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This woman prospers in all the areas that truly matter. In her faith, she is growing in godliness. In her home, she is loved and she is respected. In her community, the whole town loves her. 
In her work, she is successful. In her finances, she is growing in wealth and generosity. If you want to have this kind of wisdom, right, we, we need to apply it like she has. And remember the, pro- the purpose of Proverbs. This is what we want. We want to grow in wisdom. If you want to grow in, in wisdom like this woman does, you want to have that in your life, then apply God's wisdom to your life. Grow in wisdom. Seek it out. Right? And, and as you do, it's going to help you grow not just to see the surface, but to have insight. Remember we talked about that at the very beginning. This woman could see deeper to the, to the, the meteor matters. We see beyond the surface to have insight. Proverbs does that for us. It also has helped us grow in character. Not just so that we know more, but that we deeply become changed, become better, sanctified, so that we can live those better lives like, like we see here. And so we see in Proverbs 31, it's more than just an ideal. It's more than just the perfect woman. It's not something that God put in the Bible to, to make women feel less than or something they can read and compare themselves against this perfect woman and be like, oh, or for husbands to use to say, well, how come you're not this woman? No, Proverbs 31 is a mirror for all of us, but it's also an, it's an opportunity for us to see what wisdom looks like applied in our lives. You see it applied in, in the ancient housewife. It can be applied in a 21st century person's world today as well. Wisdom works. So we know where to go to for wisdom. We go to the word. Proverbs is there. It's there to help us. Wisdom speaks to us. The Holy Spirit in our lives speaks to us, wants us to grow in this wisdom. But we have a part to play. And so just like this woman, this is what we need to do. You need to embrace wisdom. To start with this beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Right? To start is by saying, I know that God has a better way to live than I would come up on my own. Then anybody in culture is going to say this is a way to live. God's got the best way to live. Embrace his lifestyle. That's what we talk about being, being generational, transformational disciples of Jesus. To follow Jesus in this new way of life he's taught us to lead. And for the past 2,000 years, it's proven to be pretty darned effective. And so embrace wisdom. Embrace your faith. Start there. And then begin to apply it. You're not going to apply all wisdom in a day. It's impossible. Right? A tree doesn't grow an entire, you know, it just well overnight. It takes a while. But as you embrace wisdom, as you say, God, I want to choose your way, not my way. I want to follow what you have for me, not just doing what I would normally do. I want to live the better life. Then do something today to take your faith to that next step. Just one next step each day. Grow close to the Lord. Begin to apply what he has for us through scripture. Put it into practice in your life. Just one thing. And grow and begin to apply wisdom. And as you apply wisdom, you will also begin to enjoy wisdom's inevitable reward. Isn't that awesome? This is for all of us. So what are those next steps for you? Well, because I love you, and I do, I have come up with a few. And Zach's going to share those with you here in just a moment. But I want you to consider what God may be wanting you to do to take your step to that, your faith to that next step. To apply it so then way you can get to that point that you can enjoy wisdom's reward. And I'll tell you, our country and our culture needs God's wisdom now more than ever. And it needs to start with us, God's people, applying his wisdom into our life today. Next week, we're going to talk about joy. And how we begin to apply that so we can then handle this fall. We're going to talk about how to overcome the crises of life. And we've had a few. 
Okay? But in order to have joy, in order to overcome crisis, we need to have a heart that seeks wisdom first. So let's begin to apply this today. And as we do, let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll, we'll make some commitments. Let's do that now. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your heavenly wisdom that we didn't have to go and, and try to figure it out through some kind of crazy riddles or things. You've given us a whole book of it. You've given us your Holy Spirit who works in our life. You've given us all kinds of help. Now, Father, I pray that you would help us as your people to have a heart and a mind for wisdom. Give us a heart to embrace wisdom, to apply it into our lives so that we would not just receive its reward, but then that reward would have its effect on allowing us, enabling us to build your kingdom, not just in our hearts and homes, but in this community and in our culture and in our nation. And we need you so deeply. So, Father, please bless us this morning with an understanding of, of how you want us to put this truth into practice this week lord and as we walk faithfully may you bless it for your wonderful glory we ask this in jesus name amen amen well if you would look at the back of that green connection card we're going to commit to a few things this morning uh the first thing you can commit to is to memorize that passage that we've been memorizing all summer uh, proverbs 1 7 if you haven't done so already and then also read uh proverbs um there's, I'm not going to say a chapter because I'm just saying read Proverbs, the entire book. Uh, just keep going over it. 